Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. And everybody, please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore. KD, let's go Panthers. <laughs> What's going on, Paulie? You know, I'm just sitting here trying to figure out what was decimated more by a hurricane yesterday. My neighborhood or the Rangers? I'm going to say both, baby. <laughs> it, it does. Both my neighborhood and the Rangers are in shambles today. So, yeah, pretty 20, close. 2020 rolls on, brother. <laughs> Amazing. What a year it's been. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Well, here we are, buddy. Welcome aboard, everybody. Whether you're listening live or you're listening to us later or you're listening to us tomorrow. Um, episode 37. This is what it is. Rangers have been eliminated from the qualifying round of the Stanley Cup tournament. So and glad we waited uh, three months for three games. Awesome. <laughs> Are you still <laughs> complaining? Are you still complaining? <laughs> well, it, I just find it actually what's hysterical is that, you know, for however many podcasts while we were waiting for this qualifying round to start, you know, I just kept talking about, like, are they going to get it in and, and is COVID going to shut it down and this or that? And, and what do we get all that for three lousy games? <laughs> yeah, Awful. It's funny. It's funny. Cause I, I was listening back to uh, the episode uh, today. I had a bunch of errands running around scooting through Lowe's and stop and shop for the family. And I was just uh, catching up on just uh, a night ago and all the, uh, the BS that came out of our mouths <laughs> before, before this uh, final game, but uh, that was the fun thing. Uh, that's when I when I said, "What are you still complaining?" Because, like I said, you you would touch base on the fact that you know we had waited, and then you said you weren't really feeling the excitement of the games, <laughs> and, and then and then you were like, "Oh, well, I guess I should be happy we got sports back." But now our guys are out of it, so you know what do we do now, KD? Seems 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 like a waste. Seems like it was all a waste. At least the Ranger fans, anyway. <laughs> Every other team is still playing. Even the Panthers, like you said, the Panthers, you know, staved off uh, elimination today against the Islanders. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I tell yeah. you what, that was a breath of fresh air because it was nice to see Islanders Twitter go bonkers the way we were going bonkers last <laughs> night. So it's nice to at least have a little, at least the Islander fans are going through a little bit of stress, you know? So if we can take some kind of enjoyment, I'm telling you right now, buddy, they better not lose that series. Because <laughs> then at least we'll be able to continue to have some fun. But luck, buddy. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, we were kind of hoping that tonight we'd be talking about um, 
what would that have been? Game four coming up, I guess. And uh, everything that we kind of rolled through and, and we did, we, uh, you know, I can speak for myself, just kind of, you know, I, I was probably a little nauseating to anybody listening to the show the other night about just keeping coming back to the same old thing as far as how the guys should play and what we were going to hope to see. And we got a little bit of it in the first period. And uh, the guys played okay. And then, man, and we'll get into it later. But I, I kind of want to hand it off to you and just kind of get your – I want you to take the lead on this because, uh, again, the third period just, you know, I got my comments on this. But I want you to just kind of – I want you to kick things off, KD, with uh, w- what you thought of the game itself and, and just going from point to, to start to finish there. Yeah, I mean, I think what we saw in the first two periods is what we hadn't seen in the first two games, which was effort. Um, you know, shots on goal, crashing the net, everything that uh, you know we spoke about on Monday that we weren't that they weren't doing, they were actually doing. I mean, Chris Carter showed up and scored a goal. You know, right? You know, however quick that was, fourteen seconds into the uh, second period, or however quick it was. Um, and, and here we go. But unfortunately, you know, one of the things that we talked about on Monday was that, you know, Quinn was really I, I said I wanted Panarin to play, you know, 30 minutes. Um, now, he did play 23 minutes, which is a lot. But, you know, after they scored that goal, you know, the fourth line is out there. They get stuck out there. You know, Carolina makes the change to their f- first line from their fourth to their first line while the fourth line gets stuck on the ice. And they tie it right back up. And, you know, that was a, a huge moment in the game. Again, with the fourth line out there. And, you know, it, when, you know, back in the day when Torch was running thing with the Rangers, you know, he, he leaned on his guys. You know, there was a, you know, a ton of guys who got, you know, Stu Bickled, you know, back when uh, Torch was running things. And I, I just think in a, in a game like that, in a situation that we're in, a five game series, um, I, I, I would have stapled that fourth line to the bench. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, that was the line that was again out there that gave up, you know, the, the goal for, for Carolina to, to take the lead in the, in the third period. So, you know, I do have issues with what Quinn was doing, you know, with his lineup again, I, I just didn't need the fourth see the fourth line um, in that third period. But you know, even before that, I thought the Rangers were playing very well, and and I tweeted it out today. I think the biggest moment of the game was there at the end of that second period, when when Lemieux couldn't score and Botnin jumped in the way of the puck. You know, it, it squirts over to Heedle. He has the entire net open except for Reimer's arm, who's making a you know a hail mary effort just to do something, and Heedle, you know shoots it right into his arm, and that was it. I mean, that was at the end of the period. I saw a number of Hurricanes just, like, fly over to Ryan, but they were fired up, and they went into the locker room fired up, and I got to assume the Rangers went into that second intermission just, uh, you know, uh, feeling real low, feeling down, and uh, carried over into the third period because the Rangers were not the same team they were in the first two periods, um, and Carolina got a jolt from it, and, and that was the game. To me, that was the... That was the turning point that you could have turned off the TV then because, you know, Carolina came out like the team you saw the first two games and the Rangers looked like the team you saw the first two games. And uh, it was game over, season over. So, um, you know, they had their chance there. They couldn't score. That was the biggest problem in this entire series was not being able to finish. And, and it and it bit them 
in the in the game three. Yes, uh, agree with all of it. There, it's a pretty good um, take on the whole thing. It's and again, you know, we sit here and we, you know, I've said it multiple times on Monday night. You just scratch your head. I guess you know. I mean, Reimer just stood on his head. I mean, how does that happen? Uh, <laughs> the guy hasn't played. Uh, in He's so a backup long. goalie. That's uh, what the Rangers do against backup goalies. We we make him look like uh, Patrick Waugh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how you know sometimes you know when they do lose like this, it's this this it's the same old points that come up. You know, backup goalie, a guy who hasn't played a while. Somebody scores a goal that hasn't scored in in like six years, and all, so on and so forth. Um, well, I will say this though, with with Reimer and and the first two periods, while you know the effort was head and shoulders ahead of what we saw in the first two games, and they had a ton of shots on goal, you know, I really don't know if the quality of those shots, except for that sequence right there, were were really all that tough. I mean, again, you you saw an increase in the shots and, and the volume of shots. I don't know if the quality of shots was better. You know, I think that they were shooting more, and I talked about this on the last show, with a purpose. You saw more rebounds out there, but they were still just firing them from the, you know, the sideboards or, you know, the first shot that led to the rebound really wasn't, you know, they were mostly harmless. So um, while the effort was it just their their offense, which was, the you know, the linchpin for this team all year, just was not there. You know, Kreider scored a goal, but... You know, other than that, you know, he wasn't necessarily dominating. Again, Panarin wasn't dominating. Zabinijad, these guys, you know, all year carried the load, and, you know, they just didn't in the series. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. You know, you, you you take the games, and you're trying to you sit back here, and you're trying to evaluate. And, you know, it's not on us, obviously. We're just fans, and we're just checking this out and, you know, scratching our heads and everything. And, you know, the coaches are in there. This is their system. This is their team. They know what's going on in the bubble. I mean, do we still know what happened to Sturk in the first two games? I don't know. We have no idea. I was wondering about conditioning uh, for this team, too, as far as, um, you know, just not having it, you know, maybe not having it mentally, obviously not finishing, uh, bearing the chances that they had. Um, you know, and I, I think Brindamore kind of, you know, you can talk about how well the Rangers played those the first two periods yesterday. But I almost kind of, then when the whole game ends, it's almost like, you know, Brindamore and these guys kind of, you know, we kind of let them come at them, you know, and, and Reimer played really well, obviously, and kept them in the game. And then, because that, like I said, that third period was just like, they were gassed. I mean, the Rangers didn't want the puck at the end. You could just, there was a couple of sequences there where they would just, they would just, whoever got the puck sent it back right to the other guy. They weren't looking for uh, smart pass plays. There was no real breakout. There was no, there just didn't seem to be any kind of plan. And um, something else here I want to say about the whole thing, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the first goal Carolina gets, you know, with Stahl not having his stick, he breaks his stick. I mean, I, I you know, and I tweeted about it. I, I, I sat there and I said, I can't believe this is happening. It was like over a minute. And none of the forwards. It's just general, fundamental hockey that you hand your stick to the defenseman so he can clear out the crease or whatever the heck it is, and then you either run or you put pressure on the wingers at the top if you're a forward. That doesn't happen. I couldn't believe that didn't happen, that none of the forwards were or there was no communication or nobody yelled. So it leads to the goal, boom, and they were gassed and everything else, and they couldn't clear the puck. But just that basic fundamental hockey defensive thing that they did not do, uh, again, a professional hockey team just blows my mind. And then later on, I think it was the second period, obviously, or I can't exactly remember when, but... um. 
You know, and then Shesty loses his stick behind the net. And neither defenseman give him that. That's, again, it's fundamental hockey. Goaltender loses stick. Defenseman gives stick to goaltender. And again, it doesn't happen. So this kind of swings back around to, and we can beat, you know, I don't want to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to go here, KD, because we, you know, we've talked a lot about this on Monday, and it kind of rolled right through. Okay, they take the first, two first periods. They lost. They're out. They're done. And you know, to me, just some of the basic um, stuff there, as far as conditioning, and maybe these guys weren't ready, and uh, they just didn't have the gas there to, you know, outside of all the mental breakdowns, out outside of all the uh, offensive frustrations. But, again, we're talking about experienced guys up front. We brought up on Monday, Kreider, Panarin, Zibanejad. They're experienced guys. Uh, they weren't involved as much as they should have been. And then, like I said, the defense obviously struggling itself as it is. And then just those those basic mental breakdowns in, in a playoff game. So, to me, they're out, and they deserve to be out. As much as we love them and we want them to go and – and I did say it on Monday that, you know, if they had a one last night, I think they would have, you know, obviously capped an obvious, turned the series around, given a chance game four, but that's where you build momentum. But, yeah, those first two periods, good. And then the third period, it was just like, I think all of us watching that third period, it was like, are you kidding me? And then they got to change the hashtag. They quit. They quit, KD. They quit in, yeah. the, in the middle of that third period. You know, even before Ahu put that, that gorgeous goal and nail in the coffin, man. They quit, man. They were done. Yeah, I think that a lot of the breakdowns that you're bringing up here, mental, physical, you know, it, I, I think you can just attribute it. And I, I brought this up on Monday to just the break that they went to. You just didn't know how these teams were going to react to it. And you know, from what we saw, the Rangers didn't react very well. Like you said, whether it was these guys went home and they really didn't continue to work out. And then they came back, you know, out of shape. And Quinn didn't really put him through, a, you know, a rigorous camp, which he admitted he wasn't doing. Um, he said that he was just, you know, picking up where they left off. And, um, you know, nobody needed to fight for a spot. And, and, and maybe that type of attitude backfired on him. But, you know, it's tough to kill him or even the players for, you know, that. I almost, you know, I hate to say it. I, I almost want to say this is just like a throwaway. I mean, it's really hard to assess what went wrong here because of everything else involved with it. You know, I, I, I can second guess Quinn not making it a rigorous camp when they come back. But, you know, again, he's never had to deal with this before. I mean, this is a second year coach trying to figure out how to coach a team in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, you know, talk about unusual circumstances. He's not the so, only coach that's going through this. Brendan Moore had to yeah, go through I, this. I understand, but every again, like the Rangers didn't. They didn't react well to it. Obviously, the way that Carolina did, who who did a much better job of it. So, but again, you're, this is a you know a complete monkey wrench thrown into the entire thing. I, I I think it's hard to make any type of decisions, assessments, or whatever you want to say on this team based on you know, what went on the last, you know, three games just because of everything going on, which is what makes this so difficult, you know, and I think for us to look at, you know, the series itself and where this team is at, I, I feel like you almost have to separate, you know, what went on in that series with where this team is as far as the rebuilding going forward. I, I really don't think anything that happened in these three three games should have any bearing on, what this team is doing going forward or, right, you know, KD. Uh, all right. I, I agree with you. Look, as far as next year and going forward and, and, and 
the way we've talked about this team and, and everything else. But a couple of those things, like I said, kind of concern me. Like the mental breakdowns. Stall's a veteran. He should have been screaming for a stick. I don't get it. You know? I don't understand the shit. And, and, and the conditioning part of it? I mean, come on. I mean, I just, to me, that's, that's, everybody's on the same plane there. I mean, that's just basic stuff for me. You know, because I guess, you know, I agree with you. We're on the same page. Like I said, the team's going to go forward. Yes, you know, COVID-19, the breakdown and everything else. But to me, that's stuff that just shouldn't have happened. In addition to all the other mental breakdowns and everything else, that to me is just like a team that just, where, where are their heads? That's like mental stuff. And these guys have been playing together all year. Yeah, they had a little bit of break, but they, they were paying attention. They had NHLPA meetings, right? They knew they were going to get back playing at some point. The guys had to get start training back at home. Uh, there was a game plan. They started skating. They were rolling, um, you know, all that stuff. It's not like they've never played hockey before, whether there's 20,000 people in the stands or not. You know, I just, I just my concern is, and, and again, it's done, it's finished, we move on whether they start the camp next year, whether we got fans coming back to, to games or whether they don't or however the hell the league's going to do it again going forward. They'll take this experience. They played the bubble. They'll they'll make all these notes and these change it. But I, I have to sit here and say I'm just really teed off at some of the just general fundamental mistakes that a professional hockey team with some really high-paid you know athletes on this team and the mistakes that they made in, 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 yes, a short period of time. But, again, every other team is going through this. And I'm just, you know, those are the things that I'm angry at more than anything. I said it yesterday uh, on Monday that I hope they would go down fighting. They didn't go down fighting at the end. They should have been, you know. And I don't know, you know, who the hell am I? I mean, you know, I'm just sitting here. I'm being an armchair quarterback and everything else. And who am I to say that, yeah, Chris Kreider gave up or he quit and Strom and Zabanajad and all those other guys, you know, playing Truber and, and, and Tony D and all that other stuff. I don't know. I'm not in their shoes. I don't know what they're going through. But as a fan, if you're, if you're, if you're the fan that either, you know, buys the season tickets or pays for the subscription to watch them on TV and buys the jerseys and you get invested into it, you know, at least you don't want to see the team make the basic stupid mistakes that, you know, that's where you should have learned in Bantam. You know, not to not give your defenseman a stupid stick that maybe they get out of that first period with a lead, maybe changes things. Or your goaltender loses a goddamn stick and he can't, you know, nobody, the defenseman, I mean, what is that? So those are a couple of things that, you know, all right, Paulie, shut up. You're going crazy on it. But those are the things that stand out for me. It's like... Are you guys kidding me? So anyway, back yeah, to no, I mean you're not wrong. I mean, you know, it. What went on in these last three game, these three games, is embarrassing. I mean, the Rangers should be embarrassed of of what went on there. I mean, you know, you mentioned the third period. I mean, this is this is it. You know, third period elimination game, tie game. I mean, they should have put everything out there. They should everything should have been, you know on the line and, and every effort put forward. And it was, you know, it wasn't there. I mean, it, it was it, the third period was embarrassing. It looked like they weren't trying. And like I said, I don't know if they were just demoralized by what happened at the end of that second period and the hurricanes were lifted by it. So again, it's, it's more that the hurricane raised their the hurricanes were just better and they raised their level and, and it stifled what the Rangers were doing. Um, but you know, it didn't look like there was much effort there in the third period, you know, with your season on the line. I mean, you would have liked to see more from the, from the team, 
you know, so I, I don't think you're wrong. And, you know, I feel the same way. It was beyond disappointing, embarrassing. And it is something to keep an eye on, I guess, for next year is it, you know, does does that type of effort is does that seep into this team now and and how do they start the beginning of next year similar to what we saw the last three games or what we saw back you know in the team when the season shut down in march so you know it's definitely something that's going to be in the back of my head going into next season whenever that is um you know who what range of team are we getting here you know is it the team that we were all excited about in march or is it the one that laid an egg here in these last three games. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong in being, you know, at least a little bit concerned. I, again, I don't know where the, my making excuses here is again, just because of everything that went on and, and you know, maybe some of these guys did want to come back and play, you know, maybe they would just didn't want to be there because of everything going on with COVID and they wanted to be with their families and they worried about the, look, that could be going on and that's legitimate, but, um, you know, it, it, it was disappointing <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> it is. It was embarrassing. I mean, it was, it, 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 it's, it's a tough pill for, I think for fans to swallow that they went out the way they did. It just is. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk about it and let's get it out early here in the show. Um, Hank. Na 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 na. All right, but how do they do? Hey, what, hey, no, what do they do? What are they doing here? Is is what? Do you, give me, give me. What is it? There's two, three scenarios, right? He stays. He's happy. He's going to be a backup. He'll teach Chesty. Mm-hmm. One number one, number two, they buy him out. Number three, he yep. demands a trade. Yeah, I think he stays. I mean, I I've seen way too many. Was that Hank's last game? And bye. And you were the best. I. I I don't know. He's such a competitor and he loves the Rangers so much. And, you know, is he really going to leave $8.5 million on the table? Also, like, you know, I understand he's older. And, you know, I read Larry Brooks's article about, you know, the start of the Swedish league season um, is starting on time. And does he want to just go back and play for Frolando with his brother, who's captain and, I don't know, man. I just don't see him going out like that. You know, I, I, I see him want to come back. He wants to be a Ranger. Let him, he, I'm assuming he wants to finish out that, that lucrative contract that he has. And um, I, I also just don't see the Rangers, you know, buying him out also. I, you know, he's still apparently, you know, just reading the numbers, I think that he'd still be charged, you know, like five million or five and a half million against the cap or, and the Rangers would only be saving. Actually, I think it's like five million against cap. So I think they'd only be saving three and a half million. And then you still need, you're still trying to decide what, you know, you're going to do if you're buying him out. You still have to re-sign Yurgiev. So then you probably are using half of that three million savings on Yurgiev. So, you know, I don't know if it even makes sense to do it. And then you have another year of 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 money, you know, on the cap. So uh, the following year. You know, you have some more dead cap space. So, you know, I think that just my opinion, I have no insight whatsoever on it. I, I think he stays. I think the Rangers look to move Gergiev, and and that's the way they play it out. All right. 
It's I know just, you don't like that. I don't know. I know you don't no, like you that. Know, no, you know, look, be... look, hey, let's be honest with you. Look, yes, I love Georgie. Yes, I think, you know, uh, I, but I also said too, he's, he's your asset. If you're going to, you really trade and get anything of value, anything back. I mean, that's what you got to do. Um, I just hope, you know, we don't have more surprise. I don't hope, I just hope Shesterkin doesn't end up, I mean, he's, you could see it, man. He was so good. You know, I give the kids a lot of credit, man. He stood up, and he was really confident. You know, he played well. I don't blame him for the loss at all. Um, so, I mean, when he's in there and he's good and he's consistent, man, you can you can definitely see it. I mean, he's he's just a superstar goaltender. There's no doubt about it. My concern is is the is the off ice stuff. I still want to know what kept him out of the first two games. I don't care. I want somebody to tell me it a toothache. I just want to know why he didn't play the first two games. I want to know why. I, and then I to come we'll... back, what? No, I was going to say, we'll eventually find out whether the team releases it or it gets leaked. I mean, at some point, we're going to find out. Well, somebody's got to get on that because I, I do. I really want to know why he didn't play because he looked real damn good last night. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm Well, and especially for him not to play, you know, the day before and then suddenly be good enough to play the next night. I mean, yeah, what was going on? You know, exactly. I, I, yeah. I have no, I'm, and it could be anything. I mean, it really could. It doesn't necessarily need to be like, oh, he had like a, you know, a hamstring tweak. It could have been like he had migraines or something. You know, could have been anything, and which subsided by game time. You know, yeah, who knows? So what's it the could deal? have been? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I got nothing. No, I said you go ahead first. But I don't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's if the let's say Frank. Frank, who the hell am I talking about? <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's Falunda and Hank. That's where I got Frank from, everybody. everybody <laughs> there you know. go. What is it, Frank? <laughs> so let's say, let's just say, is if Hank says, I want to go, how does that work out with his contract? He loses that year? What happens there? Yeah, he's retiring. It's, he, it, and the Rangers don't have that money against the cap Now, what if he year? says, I, I want to go somewhere else in the league? Well, then they would have to find a trade partner. They'd probably have to eat half his salary okay. um, and, and trade him. And, you know, the thing is with, with him asking to be traded, I mean, you know, there's no guarantee if he goes somewhere he's going to be the man there also. I mean, he is almost 40 years old. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure most teams are, you know, set in, in the goaltending department. So, you know, Seattle? there's no well, he'll be. He won't be on the contract then. He'll be gone. The the Seattle team doesn't start till not this year. The the following year. I know, but would would that interest him in like a year to go there? <laughs> um, well, maybe that it wouldn't be our problem then. I know, but <laughs> you know, I I just don't see him wanting to leave New York for the potential of him getting some, you know, a, being a, a starter somewhere else. You know, what team, you know, good team that could potentially make a cup run needs him. I, I just don't see it. You know, I know we mentioned Colorado a couple of times, but, you know, I, I think they're set there and they're probably going to have a, a little run here, too. So, you know, I don't think they'll be looking to bring in Lundquist, you know, at as a potential backup for, you know, four million dollars you know so yeah i i just don't see that as being an option 
All right, so now, maybe not too much longer on the Hank thing, but what's here's my gut thing about Hank, and all season long, every episode, love all hail the king, love him. Is it is it maybe just in the best interest of the team to maybe try and sit down with Hank and and maybe try and maybe maybe he he needs to move on. One way or the other, I I don't know. Even if the even the Rangers, the money, everything else, maybe it just needs to just stop here. You know, this whole rebuild and moving forward. You know, as far as making something like that happen. Now, right away, you could you know we can forget about maybe the trade deadline and the whole season. Like I said, if that was going to happen, you know, if he was going to get traded or go somewhere else, you know, that's basically when it was going to happen. And again, he does he has a no trade clause, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I am. Okay, excellent. My computer just went crazy. Um, <laughs> so, um, 2020, baby. Yeah, no, it's it's happening right now in front of me. Like, all my screens are going crazy. Anyway, um, we'll keep going here unless it shuts down. Um, so, I, I, just, I was playing Bill's advocate, too, just about maybe him just uh, – maybe the organization just needs to move forward as, as much as it hurts one way. Well, I think they're absolutely going to – I can't imagine that they won't have a conversation with him. I, I think that they may have even had conversations with him throughout the season. But I, I think they will. I think they'll go to him and wonder, well, where's your head at? You know, they'll probably want to know what he's thinking because, you know, look, it's been a tough year for him. I mean, he what, before they went into this COVID, you know, stop, he wasn't playing at all. Um, you know, Girgiv and Shesterkin were, were getting all the starts. He was barely even playing. So um, I'm sure the Rangers are going to want to gauge his temperature here. And what are you thinking? And, and could they potentially be nudging him in the direction of retiring? Absolutely. I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't. Again, uh, you know, for 100% financial reasons. And that's a terrible thing to happen to, you know, one of the great, the all-time great, an all-time great ranger, but it's the reality of the salary cap era and, and, and things you, you need to do to remain competitive um, in the NHL. So I think absolutely they're going to have the conversation with them. Uh, having said that, you know, we've obviously have discussed the goalie situation a lot um, on the podcast. And, and I think the best scenario for them would be to go forward with Shesterkin and, and Georgiev as, as, a just dynamic young goaltending tandem going forward in this rebuild. Having said that, having just having Lundqvist as a as a mentor for Shesterkin for this upcoming year, Lundqvist's final year, isn't the worst situation either. Well, um, you know, okay, Lund- but on that point, KD, that's great for Shesty. It's maybe great for the fan base. It may be great for the organization. But, you know, the competitor that Hank is, is, is that, I mean, he would really, he'd really have to turn around and say, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll sit on the bench, you know, all next year and, and be a, a paid coach and just chill out and, you know, and, you know, help you, I, I help, you it, help you, help uh, the organization. I just, I just don't know if, if Hank has an option. And like you said, you brought up a good point. Where would he go? Who would need him? Who would want him? I mean, that's just, there's still a lot of time to go between then too. But I just find it very hard. 
uh, that Hank would just say, yeah, I'll sit on the bench for you guys for another year. I didn't play much this last year. I'll, I'll do it because that's the kind of guy I am. I just don't see it. I mean, even though he is a a ridiculous competitor, I think at you know, every point in an athlete's career, you know, they have to look at the situation and say, look, I'm almost 40. We got this young, dynamic goaltender coming in, and he's going to see the writing on the wall. So... You know, do you do, you know, he's always been, you know, he's always done what's right for this organization um, and, and uh, put the organization first and, and blood, blood, sweat and tears for, you know, this organization, the fan base, you know, the Ranger logo, whatever you want to say. So, you know, I, I think that if he's in a position to help this team, I think he will. And I think he can look at that again, that situation and say, look, I can mentor this guy. I'm going to play, you know, a role. Maybe I get, you know, whatever it is, 25, 30 starts. Um, it'll be a sort of swan song season and the Rangers will celebrate him at any chance they can get. Um, and, and maybe he's into that. Um, so I, I think the Rangers can, you know, if, if they're having a tough time with him, um, which I don't, see happening but i think that they could present that to him and i i think that's an attractive option for him if the rangers feel as though yurgiev trading yurgiev um and and maybe getting a, a prospect or some picks you know helps them in the rebuild and then keeping lundquist as the sort of mentor for shesterkin for this this final year of his contract you know I, I think Lundqvist can be talked into that and being being happy um, in that situation. Yeah, I, I just think, uh, and, and maybe I'm just leaning, I really am, I think I'm honestly leaning more towards uh, maybe how a good percentage of the fan base feels that it, it might just, we need to, if we're going to do this rebuild thing, move on and everything else, and I get it. I, I think now the goalie thing really becomes this albatross now. Now that the season's done, uh, now that they're out, um you know, and and the break, yes, and COVID messed a whole bunch of stuff, messed it up for everybody and everything else. Um, but I guess I'm, you know, this is the, this is the yo-yo with this thing, this team, this organization right now, because they gave us a taste of 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 how good they can play, and you know, when they're winning and all that other stuff, you're really not even thinking about Hank, right? You're not even thinking about the goaltending situation, because like you said, when Chesty wanted the ten and two run. We weren't even really thinking about it. All you were thinking about was, hey, next year we'll have to figure out what's going on, but it's it's a good vibe. But now it's, you know, and this gets back to what I was saying on Monday night. I thought I saw a lot of bad habits that they had, you know, they kind of regressed. They went backwards. And, again, you brought it up earlier. That's going to be the big thing to, to watch for whenever they get back to camp, whenever they start playing again, uh, and, and how this team goes forward because it can't stay the same. And I think when you're doing a rebuild, and I think one of the main reasons, like me and you, you know, it's hard to believe a summer ago, reached out to each other and said, hey, you want to do a podcast together about this team and this organization? And knowing, yes, it's a rebuild and we do have to be patient. And, yes, we, we didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. They, we didn't know this was going to happen, but they got there. But when it all comes down to it, whether this was game, you know, uh, 82 and it was the end of the season and they didn't make the playoffs and it was the last five or six games, and this team had created a pattern of – you know, uh, just not uh, basic, not playing good fundamental hockey, uh, not being in the game, kind of quitting a little bit, being out of shape, uh, lacking conditioning. 
you know, um, it probably would have been the same kind of vibe. But now moving forward, and it's still unknown, and like I said, you can just project as much as you want. But I, I'm getting the feeling now, I guess, and this team has brought me there, I guess. Uh, not only these last three games, but also the season two. It's like I'm sitting there watching, just seeing Hank on the bench, just, you know, everybody looks miserable. It's like we, we can't have that next year. What if it does go south? like the first 20, 25 games next year or whenever the season starts or whatever the hell happens. You know, do we want to sit there and look through all that stuff? It's almost like let's just let's get trying, and I think maybe you said it earlier, hopefully the team sits down. I think the organization needs to kind of just cut loose here and and do this thing. It's, it's only going to be J.D.'s second year and everything else. And, uh, you know, Quinn's another issue we can talk about too, but I just think with Hank, man, I, I – I, as much as I love him, and it must be great to have him as a mentor and everything, I, I think I think he's got to go. Well, he has to – we all have to let go. Yeah, I, I think – look, I think there's an argument either way, which is why it actually is a pretty big decision for Gordon and J.D. this offseason. They, they've got a number of big decisions to make. Yeah. Because I, I think – and we, we touched on it a little bit in the last show. and I, I think that this upcoming year is a – big year for this rebuild i think your next year is when you're transitioning from you know a rebuild where you're you know uh, cleaning house you've now drafted you know a number of you've had a number of these top picks um you've made these trades and brought in some prospects you know they got some of that experience this year in this this qualifying round it was only three games but they were still in it. Um, and, and I think next year, you know, they need to take another step in in this progression um, where they're making the playoffs. I, I think that has to be at the bare minimum next year what they're doing. So now does the organization think that, you know, Lundquist as the backup gets them there? Or is it better to have a, a young goaltending tandem in Shesterkin and Gurgiev? Or, you know, Lundqvist says the backup trading Gurgiev for assets. You know, is that better for what, you know, getting us to that um, next level? Because they can't be perpetually rebuilding. You can't just re- be rebuilding. You know, at some point, you have to look at it and say, okay. It's time to, you know, put up or shut. We got to take that next step. You know, it, it's nice that we got the young guys experience and they were developing this year. Um, but, you know, to me, I think next year is, is that year they need to take that next step to, again, at the very least, make the playoffs. And, and I think that and, and I said this and we could transition to Quinn now if you want. But I put out a tweet last night, you know, that that I got a lot of reaction to. And maybe I didn't word it correctly, uh, but I said, I said, Quinn is on notice, I think now, because I think that it, it, we are moving into, or at least the Rangers should be moving into the next phase of the real. I don't think, he, I, I didn't mean he was, he's on notice because the Rangers had such a poor showing. I just think he's on notice because now it's sort of, all right, you're going into your third year now, you know, training wheels are off. We need, you know, we're going to need to see some results at the end of next year, it's nice that these guys are developing, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see some playoffs. We're gonna have to see you know some movement in the standings now. So um, I, I think that the Lundqvist decisions are huge. What are you doing with Strom? What are you doing with D'Angelo? Um, because 
you know, we're getting to that point of where this rebuild, we got to, we got to start seeing some winning. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Look, the Hank thing is, uh, um, you know, just to put a bow on it, it's, um, it's, it's difficult. Uh, I'm glad I'm not in on the decision making, uh, one way or the other. However, it pans out. He's a legend in our eyes. He was incredible for our franchise. If he, if he stays here for another year, hey, you know, we're we're gonna watch him. We're gonna support him, and uh, we hope for the best. If he moves on, uh, wherever he goes, you know, you hope he wins a championship. If he retires, um, you know, like I said, he he's got no, he's he can hang his hat. He's had an amazing career. Uh, he's one of a hand, you know a lot of guys who played incredibly well and just never got the ring, so that's the hang thing. Um, you know, I'm with you on Quinn. To me, um, you know, even before playoffs, and this is something that I always look at too. It's it's how players react. I think you know you know you take a guy like Brindamore and how he coached his team and seeing how his team played for him. And you know, Quinn's a guy we watch and look. He struggled. He's new to this. I mean, as far as on the professional level, and let's take it right up to COVID, boom, the shutdown and everything else. The guy, you know, he's a stand-up guy. He's a great coach. He's a, he's a he's a good quality guy, and he's finding his way through this as well, along with a very young team. And again, a team that we talked about has just started. This is the first year they're playing together. Panarin, Truba, um, you know, definitely Shesty coming up and everything else. Um, so there's a lot of guys who have to get used to each other and. Whatever the health system, you know, <laughs> Quinn calls this thing, we're, we're still dealing with it. But to me, the big thing is, uh, and I think this is where J.D. And, and Gordon will be watching for it. Uh, and, and when it always comes down to, if a team can't continue to want to run through the wall, and I think that's why the third period really, as far as Quinn's concerned for me, that's what's kind of scary. Because if they weren't in shape or if they were not conditioned or if they didn't, it wasn't there for them, uh, to to can you continue to at least you know try and get back in the game? I mean, it was just it was really frustrating, and embarrassing to watch. Yes, but uh, long story short, on Quinn for me, it'll be you have to watch in terms of you know twenty, thirty, forty games next year in terms of how these guys you know uh, whatever the whatever the lineup is. And granted, you know we can't see injuries and and all that other stuff, but it's it's how players react to the system and the coaching. So to me, the red flag is is I thought in these three games, minus the first two periods yesterday, that they went backwards, and they fell into old habits. To me, that's on coaching. Um, you know, uh, not knowing to give your stick to certain guys during certain games. To me, it's coaching, or it's 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 you know, I mean, stall. I mean, he, you know, love the guy too, but you got to move on. You know, it's got to be done. Um, but you know, definitely Quinn's gets the reins next year. Um, I think they give him a chance, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you that he's on the hot seat. Not so much, you know, just for general, you're angry at the team, so to say. I think you have to, to watch, and I don't think franchises today don't really have the time. We talk about rebuild. Uh, you can just go through, uh, just recently in terms of coaching changes, you know, what, uh, you know, San Jose brings DeBoer in for a couple of years. They go to st- cup finals. Boom, they fire him. A year later, they, you know, the Vegas, I can't remember. It's terrible. I can never remember his name. But the coach from Vegas, they give him one year. He takes him to the finals, and he gets fired. Now, DeBoer goes to Vegas. So, you know, the transition for coaching and patience among teams right now is really not there. And I don't know if, um, you know, you know if, if Quinn, if they just show the same consistent, 
you know, bad habits and everything else, and he can't get it from that, then that's where J.D. and Gorton are going to look, hey, these are some great assets here, not only for the guys that we have, but for the morale of the veterans that are here, the guys that we do have signed long-term, and for the guys that are coming up from the farm team. And if he can't connect the two, and it's not to, it's nothing against Quinn as a, as a, as a great human being, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, you know, like I said, as far as experience and all that, so I don't know what that's like, and I give him so much credit for that. But for a professional hockey team, and like I said, he's, you know, he's got experience as far as college hockey and everything. He's been around the game his whole life. Um, I think that's what the organization's got to look for. And if the players don't grasp it and you can't get um, scoring and from the guys up front and you can't develop those guys, those back-end guys like Kako and, and, and Heedle, and if you can't get production from these guys, you know, then you got to get somebody in there that's going to get them. That's going to get production out of these guys. But this is way, way down the road. Uh, you know, I agree he's on the hot seat. Just like I thought, he, you know, at the beginning of the year he was on the hot seat and everybody went crazy on us. I just think, like I said, you got to watch how a guy coaches his team, especially in hockey with the system. And if the players don't react and they can't go to it and you keep saying the same old stuff and it's boring hockey and they're not putting up scoring, but they did turn it around. So we know that it can happen on the Quinn. And definitely, yeah. he's, this is his team. Let him let him go. And and but yeah, I, I agree with you in the sense that he's on the hot seat. You got to watch for patterns, inconsistency, and uh, general training and everything else. And hopefully, like I said, they do. They have to learn from this, KD, as far as the COVID experience and everything else. I agree with you there. Um, and and we just have to sit here and and watch what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm not uh, and. Maybe I'm not saying I'm not saying he's on the hot. I don't think he's on the hot seat. Like I don't, but I think at the end of next year he could be. Like I think he's going to, you know, even if the team falls flat on its face in the beginning, if they can, I'm not as worried as I think you are after these three games and what we've seen. I, I I'm I'm willing. To say it, it's the situation and the craziness involved with it has has more to do with it than the players uh, tuning out Quinn or Quinn, you know, not doing the right thing here. And, and, and I, I'm prepared to see the team we saw back in March than the team we saw the last three days once yeah, but, we get right, started Katie, again. Hold, hold on this. I'm not going to go on a long rant, though. Stay right there. No, but it's when, fine. But when Quinn is there in the post game and he's, you know, he here he is, he's. He's flat out just straightforward upset with his top guys, right? How are his top guys not performing for him? How are his top guys letting him down right now? How is that? How, how do how do those veteran guys, Kreider and Panarin, you know, I mean, those guys that have been there, you know, and I don't know. Maybe tell me I'm tell me I'm absolutely way off base because they played phenomenal in this series. But how does how does Quinn lose his top guys? His, the, the, the two guys that just signed long term, his two top forwards, and he's got to sit there and basically say those guys let us down. Yeah, again, I'm willing, and and maybe I'm just being naive about it, and I've been a Quinn cheerleader, you know, all year. Um, I'm willing to say it's more the situation than it is, you know, the coach or the again, maybe. They these guys were just like I didn't want to come back. I got I got too comfortable at home or whatever it is, and it's just the circumstance. So that 
you know, and hopefully they learn from it. Say, look, that was the wrong attitude I had, and and they they can look themselves in the mirror. But I I I'm not concerned about it, and until I see a continuation of it in, into next year, I, I'm not. I, I'm willing. I am. I'm willing to throw these three games away. Yeah, and, as, I, and, I, and, just, and I want you to know I agree with you there, and that's why I agree with you where he's on the hot seat. Not that he's got to get fired five games into the season next year. Yeah, it's it's that. He's on the hot seat in terms of watching, um, you know, uh, the characteristics of this, you know, the the beginning of the season, getting the team going, COVID comes, and then it kind of returns again. And then, yes, it's going to extend to going forward that, yes, he's on the hot seat in terms of let's watch and see how, what Quinn learns, what how he adapts, what kind of lineup he has. So, yeah, I just want you to know, like, I agree with you how you're framing this. You know, but he definitely deserves the organization absolutely 100%. He needs this little piece of paper. Keep an eye on Coach Quinn. Not because he's a bad guy, not for anything else, but when uh, when these guys are investing in future and long-term contracts and big money, they've got to find out whether or not right now if Quinn is going to be the long-term guy for this team. And again, like I said, I love him. We got to see what happens, but I just wanted to point out there that I I agree I agree with how you're framing this. Yeah, I mean I, and and this is how it should work in a rebuild. I gave him a huge long leash this year and and made excuses for you know why he's playing Brendan Smith or Michael Haley over younger players and this because that's how they're bringing these young players along and 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 I could see what he's doing. You know I I it's going to be harder for me to make excuses for if he's doing that again this year, because then I start to worry because I do think that we're transitioning from development to winning. So then you start getting concerned that he thinks, you know, if he is playing Michael Haley over, you know, whoever, um, that he thinks that maybe Michael Haley is, is a guy that can help him win. You know, that's my concern. Not that, he doesn't think a younger guy is ready yet, so let me just put the veteran out there as a placeholder, which is what he was doing earlier in the year. Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to be a lot more critical next year, and, and, and it's because I do feel as though you need to progress in, in a rebuild. You know, I can't just sit here like, well, it's, you know, they should give these young kids another year. and another, how, many, how many years? I mean, you see too many teams that, you know, try to do this rebuild, but it seems like, again, they're perpetually just rebuilding at some point you have to look at it and say okay we need to start winning um you know i i don't think and and my tweet yesterday yesterday said they needed to get into the playoffs and win around you know that that may be a little too ambitious but at the very least they really should be making the playoffs next year and and the only way that i would really adjust my expectations of that playoff is if Gordon and JD like screw up royally this offseason with with what they're going to do as far as you know Strom, D'Angelo, uh, Longquist, Fast, you know what are they doing? Is what is the lineup looking like or their roster going to look like once the season starts? Because if for some reason they they make some radical changes to the lineup, I, I'm going to have to redirect you know, uh, my, I don't want to say anger, but my expectations to maybe Gordon say, look, he's now on the hot seat. 
you know, he got rid of some of these players that helped us get to where we were last year. Um, so, you know, Quinn is going to have even a harder job this year. And, uh, and that's more on Gordon. So I, I think also a lot of, of it will have to do with, well, what is Quinn going to be working with next year um, as well? You know, I, I, I don't want to just say that I'm not willing to adjust, you know, my thought process on Quinn where, you know, if he doesn't make the playoffs, I'm like, get rid of the guy. I, I think it does depend. And you mentioned injuries, maybe injuries pop up or, you know, we get a surprise trade or, again, some of these contracts don't work out in the offseason. So, you know, I, I do. I think this is a huge offseason for this rebuild and, and what we're doing, you know, because I, I think that they can make some big mistakes this offseason if, you know, they're giving long-term contracts to guys like Strom and D'Angelo. I have no problem bringing them back, you know, and I've mentioned this a number of times, you know, going to arbitration and getting that one-year deal for, deal for Strom and maybe a two-year deal for D'Angelo and then going from there. Um, but if you're going into these long-term contracts, and we all know how they end, we're, look, we're, we're watching it in real time with Lundqvist and Stahl. You know, these long-term contracts never end well. You know, Lundqvist is an all-time great Ranger, and we're like, can we buy him out now? Because these long-term contracts always end badly. You know, Lundqvist, the end of Lundqvist's time with the Rangers should not be whether or not we should buy the guy out. And is he holding us back? I mean, you know, that's... That's the problem with these long-term Boy, contracts. Are we going to hate Panarin in a few years? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, you know, I mean, but that could happen. I mean, it, it, most likely it will, because that's just what happens. You, these guys get older. <laughs> you know, Panarin just had a heart trophy type season. You know, he could, he legitimately has a chance to win it. Um, you know, this could be the best we see him. <laughs> and it's year one, you know, because his year was that amazing. Like to, to think that he could duplicate that, just you know hard it's going to be for him to duplicate this season next year. How hard it's going to be for Zabinijad to duplicate this next year. You know, it, it is going to be hard, which is why you're going to need Kako to step up, Hedo to step up, Howden to step up, Lemieux to step up. You know, these we need these guys to take that next step to, to help the team win because you can't just say, well, we'll just wait for Panarin, Zabinijad, and Kreider to take over like they did this year because, you know, those guys were having, you know, they, they were all had, you know, career-type years, and, and you can't have the expectation of, well, we're going to get that every year. Um, so that's where, you know, Quinn needs to be getting more out of these young guys to take that next step to winning because it can't just fall on these top guys. You know, Strom had a career year. I mean, is he going to come back with that again? If if we do bring him back again, D'Angelo, you know, you had a lot of guys who had career type years. So, you know, that that's going to be on the coach to either continue that, you know, have those guys continue with those type of seasons or have these other guys step up in case they falter even a little bit to continue with this rebuild and the success of it. Yeah, uh, look, there's a lot of. Uh, hey, this is it, right? This is this is what we have to just kind of sit back. Hey, look, we're all bummed out about how it ended. There's no doubt about it. And now we just waited so long for hockey to come back, and for us as Ranger fans, 
you know, it'll take a couple days maybe before we start watching the rest of the tournament. But if, uh, if we do it all, uh, but now we well, have to sit back. Well, and the wait. next thing, well, the next thing we we want to be looking at is is the next draft lottery. See if we get the number one pick. <laughs> it's just crazy. Friend, yay, baby. Well, that's the one, you know, and 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 you know, we joke around. We're going to get the number one pick, but you know, it is a a, a real possibility. I mean, they have a twelve and a half percent chance of getting it. I mean, which is the same as the other qualifying teams that are going to lose in this first round. They have the same exact chance as any of those teams to get the number one pick. And if they get that, my goodness, you know, I, that is just going to be huge. So whenever they, I, I guess I was reading today that they're actually going to have this second lottery in between the end of this qualifying round and the first round of, of the playoffs. So, you know, we're going to find out fairly soon, probably by next week, whether or not we're, we're going to have the number one pick. Um, and, and that, look, that's almost similar to getting Kako. And I know Kako had a tough year, but I mean, this could be, you know, a franchise altering, you know, lotto for the Rangers if they're able to get this number one pick. So I, you know, and I joked a couple of weeks ago that I thought the Rangers should tank and, you know, maybe they took my advice, but, and, and they're like, let's go for that number one pick. Um, then if they're able to get it, these three games losing may have been worth it. Uh, no, because I, I think it just expedites things even more. Yeah. Well, look, we, we might as well start turning towards the positive here. I mean, absolutely. That's uh that would be huge, and why not bring it on? That'd be just, uh, you know, we then we'll, we'll really all be sitting back laughing if, uh, if we end up getting the, the pick. Uh, yeah, and if so. we don't, and if we don't get the number one pick, I think we're we're we, we're guaranteed to get in between the ninth and the fourteenth pick, I guess, because then it goes to per point percentage based on the regular season points. So depending on who win, who else wins, and who else loses. In the qualifying round, will will depend on where we are, anywhere between nine and fourteen, and then we also get Carolina's pick, and because they beat the Rangers, I think it'll be anywhere. It won't be higher than sixteen, so it'll be at, you know sixteen or lower. Um, so that's where our two picks. So we're either gonna get the number one pick and a you know whatever eighteen pick or you know a. 11 pick and an 18 pick. So either way, I mean, look, again, I think look Gordon is going to the good news. Look at you. Yeah, well, yeah, look, <laughs> and, and it's not all bad. You see, that's the thing, too. Like, I think you do have to separate what went on in these three games and, and just the terribleness of it. But still look at the bright side of thing that this team is still rebuilding. And there's a lot of, of, of great things to about what we're seeing here. And, and you saw a little bit of a, an emergence of Kako in these three games. Um, and I think Heedle is, is a guy I'm excited about. And Fox and Lindgren, I think, had a really strong um, three games. And, and Truba, you know, I keep forgetting how young Truba is. The guy's only 26 years old. Yeah. So, and, and I thought he was better um, in, this, in the three games than he was a lot during the regular season. So... And and I think it helped that he had, you know, Brendan Smith, who's not great, but he's still better than when Chuba had to carry around like Hayek all year, which was which was tough. So well, you, you bring um, up a great point there. I mean, Chuba's had to really carry a, a big load, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, you, you bring it up too. like I said, he's young. 
Hey, look, look, KD, it's a hangover. You know, uh, we're all a little bummed. Uh, you know, I'm angry about just seeing the stupid mistakes, the stupid stuff that maybe, you know, outside of a young team and all that stuff, I just think, man, there's, that's just a lot of basic fundamental, you know, special teams, power play, uh, you know, that kind of crap, uh, you know, just that that's the stuff that you really didn't want to, I didn't want to have to sit here and kind of ramble on and on about. So, yes, it's over. Dude, as far as the future, I mean, that's why me and you started this thing this year, right? We're, we're on board. It's it, it, There's a lot of good things. We're just going through the hangover right now, and I think more than anything, KD, because we know we've seen how much fun this team can be. We've seen them... Uh, you know, like I said, you've said it, you've been on this, they're exceeding themselves, you know, they're, they're ahead of their time here a little bit. And, and, you know, just like anything, when you're a fan or, you know, you're trying to, you, you want to encourage this team, you want to see them get better. And, and all of us right now, like I said, with the patience is the big thing, but there's no doubt about it, man. I, you know, all Ranger fans will get over this hangover. We weren't supposed to win it all this year. Um, we got bumped out. It could have been a better story, but it isn't. But the future, you know, put your shades on, baby. It looks real good, man. And the kids are all well, right. Well, yeah, I mean, and it will be a real roller coaster ride, too, because we were riding high, you know, going into this because we were happy with the way the season ended. And obviously, this is an embarrassment here, so we're low. But I'm telling you, next week, I mean, we could have the number one pick next week. And and think about how that changes your mindset immediately, where you're like, we're getting Lafreniere. We got Andre Miller coming in. Yep. We got all these other younger guys back, and suddenly you're hyped again. And and you don't even remember, you know, these three games are in the rearview mirror, you know, and you're not even remembering it because it, it's all about the future. It was never about this year, and uh, it's it's about you know two or three years down the road. And and forget it. If if we're getting the number one pick, wow, uh, you know. I, we're going to have to start even another podcast <laughs> because I'm going to be that hyped, you know, for this team. So, <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, it's it, Like I said, it, it is, like I said, it's a hangover, man. It's all good stuff to look forward to. You know, being critical, uh, is it's more of just frustration. It, like I said, we're Ranger fans. We're diehards. Uh, you know, you want them to, to win everything. Um, you know, I think that's the other thing too, man. The fan base was just, you know, all on board, and and I think that's a good thing for the future too. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, it's all new, it's fresh, it's exciting. These guys are going to be all right. However, the coaching situation, you know, we want Quinn to do great, right? Because if he does good, that means the team's doing good. So that'll sort itself out. Um, you know, and defensively, they got some big parts and and more coming in. And again, I've always said too, the forwards are, you know. Somewhat interchangeable, uh, whether it's signings or, you know, uh, bringing a couple guys up or, you know, some trades and we'll see what happens. And, um, you know, it, it is. The future looks good. And that's primarily why we put Go Rangers Radio together this year. Uh, not to get, you know, say, put the white flag up and it's over. It's it's about, you know, we want to be doing this for the next few years and to, and to watch this team grow. And we can look back on these podcasts and look back at this experience and, and 2020 and COVID and uh, the breakdown. And, and, you know, I mean, you'll ultimately, as much as I sit here and, and grovel about things, and that's just being a hockey guy and a, and a hockey fan, any sport of any team, any sport, 
that you're passionate about. You, you, everybody wants to throw a brick through a window every now and again because you get angry about these guys making mistakes or just not winning for you, whatever. But ultimately, you know, um, you know, unless you're in those shoes, unless you're, you know, a professional athlete and a professional coach and part of a professional organization and all the pressures that go on with that. And granted, I'm not going to, you know, these guys get paid a lot of money, KD, so, you know. To me, that's that's going to stick out. Like I said, Kreider, Panarin, Zibanejad, they get a boatload of money, and they didn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, even though they, you know, two of the guys scored, you know, a goal each, um, you know, there's 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 some things that need to be the circle needs to be completed here. There's some gaps in this in this circle that's kind of you know hover around it, but it's expected because, like I said, like you said, it's it's a young team. So let's you know just. We'll get over this, man. We need a couple of days. We need some Tylenol, you know, hair of the dog, KD. And, um, yeah, we'll wake up here in a couple of days and we'll start thinking about um, all the good stuff uh, for the long term for this franchise, and that is the young goaltending, the young defensemen, uh, the guys we have signed up front, um, you know, and, and, and they'll work all those kinks out. And uh, now with Ruff gone, at least Quinn now can, you know, they'll get their coaching staff together and, and Gorton and J.D. will sit back and evaluate. And that's the other great thing, too, that we have to remember. J.D. just got this team this year. Uh, Gorton's only had the reign here for a couple of years already. But he's already done great things with trades and picks and all that other stuff. So at uh, the top of the administration here, uh, the, at the organization here, we're in good hands, man. So, like I said, have yeah, a I beer and we'll be all I right. Think, I think it's more than okay to be upset with what went on the last three days, but also feel good about the future of this team. It's absolutely acceptable to sit the last three days and be like, what the heck just happened? What did I just witness? But not think that there's really any long-term negative ramifications of the rebuild, you know? So I, I think that, yeah, we'll sit here and, you know, we'll lick our wounds for the next couple of days. And, you know, I bought a whole, like, mess of White Claws that I've just not stopped drinking since last night. <laughs> and uh, when I wake up from that, you know, drunken stupor and probably about Sunday and, uh, you know, I'll say, okay, we're a young team and, and bright future and, and let's go. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be a little unhappy now and. Um, again, by next week, when when they're pulling the range of name as the number one pick, we'll, we'll be pumped again. So it's all good. All right. All right. Good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Deal. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> all good. Yeah, and 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 you know, you talk about the podcast, and I really, we just obviously want to thank everybody for listening this whole year. It's been it's been a ton of fun. You know, we, you guys stuck with us and, you know, during the COVID and we've sort of, you know, our schedules have, you know, uh, been all over the place a little bit, as I'm sure everybody else has been. But you guys have hung with us. Um, and it's been awesome. We're having a, a great time, Paulie and I. So we just want to thank you guys for continuing to listen. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep this rolling, I think, here, you know, uh, Obviously, like we said, uh, there's going to be a, a draft lotto next week, so I'm sure we'd like to talk about that. Hopefully, it will be a celebratory podcast, and and maybe we'll we'll do a few more in the off season, depending on what's what's going on, what moves the Rangers are making. So, you know, I I, I agree. I think we're here for the long term with this team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely not our final show for the season. We'll uh, just kind of chill here and 
And, uh, you know, what you said, KD, we'll watch and, and see how a couple things go here, and, and then we'll put a bow on it. And once we find out uh, where the league goes uh, after this tournament uh, ends up. So it'll be interesting. But, yeah, look, um, I, again, you know, me and KD just uh, had a great time. This is – we haven't done this in a while. Uh, we both, like I said, took a long break from from talking hockey and, and, and covering the team and, and hanging out. And, and like I said, we – you know, I know myself too. Just, um, you know, we didn't get to watch every – shift and everything and we don't try and pretend to uh you know like we know it all and everything else we, we want to have fun and, and the greatest thing and i know kevin you you can speak to this too is the the feedback that we've gotten all year long is is like i said the fans just pretty much enjoy just it's it's just a couple of guys like hanging out at the bar just talking about the team and not trying to get over analytical about it and like i said this is uh the reason we came back this year is because it's a young team we want to grow with this team and the show is going to grow too uh, obviously, it's been me and Katie primarily all year long. We'll pretty much stick to that model, but we're gonna we're gonna expand some things and promotions and marketing, and um, you know, get some advertisers and sponsors in here, and 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 maybe uh, you know, we'll 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 keep always trying to improve the show and expand on it too. It's been a weird year, like I said, for me and Katie just getting back into it. Obviously, um, you know, us talking hockey right now in, in August is new to everybody. Uh, but I had an absolute blast doing this with you. And like I said, it's not the last show, but um, this has been great. And I am excited about the future. Uh, KD, I want to thank you as a bud just for, for agreeing to do this with me. Me and you, it was a DM back last July. Hey, do you want to do this? And you said, yeah. And we got together, had a cup of coffee, and, and here we are uh, you know, in August, and we're talking about uh, you know, continuing doing this. So it's been a lot of fun. It's got me back into the game. Uh, I used to do this a long time ago. So did you, and it's been fun again. And uh, so I really want to thank you for uh, all the time you put into this and, and for hanging with me and, and just having a blast. And, and ultimately, all you guys out there, uh, you know, primarily on the downloads uh, and the streams and the subscribing, uh, me and KD are just blown away by the uh, continuous support. And uh, we, we really do. We can't wait to just keep following this team and, and having a lot of fun. Right, KD? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, warm and fuzzy over there, Paul. I like it, I think, you know. But, uh, you know, don't thank me. I don't do anything. I just call you up and we do. You put the whole show together and get it out. So everybody should uh, send Paulie uh, thank you tweets on Twitter and tell him he's doing a great job because yeah. uh, he's the one who makes this happen. I just I just come here and, and ramble for an hour with him. So, <laughs> well, I'll but, tell yeah, you. It's, it's been fun. It, it's good. No, buddy, go ahead. I, the only thing I was going to say just on, on you, you know, uh, the kudos, I appreciate it. Uh, it's a lot easier to do this today with the technology than it was, you know, five, seven years ago when me and you first met each other uh, talking high. It's even longer than that. I think it's almost 10 years ago. So uh, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but um, it's 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 a lot it's a lot of fun to do these days because of the technology and and obviously social media and everything else. So I don't want anybody to think I'm slaving here. I've got a template set up, and you know, me and you, I hit you up. Hey, we going? Yeah, we're going. All right, and I turn a few buttons, put in a little description, and we're on our way. It was never like that years ago. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think that that's what makes this makes at least it enjoyable for me. And that's you know, for me, that's you know. What matters most is that the two of us are having fun is that we we don't talk about the show at all. There's no outline for the show. There's no <laughs> notes being passed along back and forth to us all week of what we're going to talk about. Like you said, you literally text me five minutes before the show. Are you ready? Like, yeah, I'm ready. And, and we just start talking. 
you know, it's like I do, you know, with any of my friends when we talk Rangers, it's, you know, it, we don't have an outline of our conversation. We just start talking and it just, it just goes. And it's just two fans talking about the team that we love. And again, I'm not out here printing stats out before, you know, <laughs> the podcast and all right, let me see what this guy's shooting percentage was and his well, you don't possession need to, KD. numbers. You just, you just hit the NHL.com app and it's right there. Well, that is true. That is true. <laughs> What are you talking about? That's all. It's all in my head, Paul. Yeah, I don't look up anything. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's good because I think with the podcast and, and like you said, with the technology of it, and you know, I know you felt it when you were doing the podcast. When I was doing the blog, at the end, you get like a real burnout from it. And I think what's really nice about the podcast, especially with the way we're doing it, just the sort of once a week format. And then, you know, look, if it doesn't work for us, eh, we can't do it on Wednesday. Let's do it on Thursday or Monday or whatever it is. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we have the right attitude on it and that it's just, you know, it's a fun thing for us. And, and when when you're just doing it for the fun of it, I, I think uh, it becomes more enjoyable for, you know, us, for the listener. And and uh, and I think that's why, uh, you know, I I see us. I see it as being a real successful, you know, first year of doing this for the two of us. Absolutely. And the, and the one thing I will say, me and Katie down the road, we had we had, had starting to have discussions and. Obviously, COVID now it's 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 crazy, but uh, hopefully down the road, you know, we'll get into doing some, um, you know, live broadcasting where we get to hang out with you guys too. Because I think that's that's something me and you would love to do. Is just you know whether it's in a pub or a bar somewhere and just kind of have everybody, anybody interested, come and hang out with us and stuff while we're doing the show once in a while. I think that would be really great too. So hopefully that'll be happening too. Uh, you know, as things continue to so I mean, what we need to do, Katie, is get out of twenty twenty. That's it. I think we'll be all right. Sorry. You know? Yeah, well, if we do those shows, those live shows, everyone has to wear a mask. Don't come without a mask. <laughs> Goalie masks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Too much. All right, buddy. Uh, look, to the Rangers, Rangers fans, hang in there. Uh, like Katie said, maybe we'll have a first-round draft pick there in a couple weeks or whatever. Uh, it's been a wild run. It's been a good run, but a lot of fun. Uh, I've enjoyed it, and uh, I'm going to talk to you, KD, as we always do. Like I said, not last show of the season, but last show at least for uh, until, I don't know, we'll tweet you guys when we're ready to go. So, KD, as always, say goodbye to the folks. Bye, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, Go Rangers Radio. And as always, let's sign off one more time here at the end of this season for the New York Rangers in 2021 or whenever the hell it is again. Let's... Go Rangers!